Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is day 161 of our Bible in Year Challenge and you are welcome back once again. And this amazing journey today is the last day that we'll be going through the Gospel of Mark. We're looking at chapters 15 and 16. So let's dive right in. In today's readings, we see a very clear picture of the last days of Jesus, the suffering, the condemnation, his passion, his journey, and his crucifixion, his death, his burial, but most importantly, his resurrection. One thing to note, or several things I'm going to note, the first being that Barnabas, Barabbas was set free in place of Jesus. I remember um, reading this, reading this story, obviously I've read the story a couple of times, but then reading the part where Barabbas is chosen to be set free in place of Jesus and feeling so angry and feeling so sad at the fact that these people hated and wanted Jesus dead so much that they would prefer a notorious criminal to be released instead of Jesus. And then later on, with deeper reflection, I understood that Barabbas being set free in place of Jesus is a clear picture of how we have been set free in place of Jesus. Barabbas was a notorious criminal. He deserved his punishment. He deserved to be in prison. Probably he deserved death as well. But because he happened to be At that point in time, he happened to be there in the particular place where Jesus was also being condemned to death. He was set free. And this is our story. This is all of our story. That we are notorious sinners. We keep on living in sin. Every single day of our lives we sin. We sin even though we claim that we love God. We sin even though we make so many resolutions to not go back to sin. We are deserving of death we deserve condemnation we deserve to be imprisoned for the rest of eternity but because jesus happens to be condemned for us we have been set free in his place and this just lets us know how much we're loved this just shows how much we've been given this just shows how much we've been forgiven of And it should lead us to thank God. It should lead us to be grateful that Jesus took our place for free. Jesus took the place of not an innocent person. He took the place of a guilty person. And I think this this part of the Bible even explains this more. He says, even for someone to die for a righteous person, that in itself is very unheard of. (laughs) Yeah, 
it rarely ever happens even though it happens and that in itself is quite understandable that somebody would want to die somebody else an innocent person has been convicted of a crime they know nothing of and someone else wants to take that punishment that that seems quite understandable but our case is that jesus died for us even while we were still sinners even while we're still sinners living in sin even while we're still sinners not fully realizing how much or the full extent and the full punishment of our sin is jesus died in our place while jesus was being condemned and tortured and humiliated there are so many things that the um, romans did that they really didn't think too much about it in their minds or to them they were mocking jesus but in actual fact they were acclaiming to who jesus really is first of all they clothed him in purple robe they put a reed in his hand they put a crown of thorns on his head on this cross was a post that read the king of the jews all of this was to mock him since he claimed to be the king of the jews i mean how much more embarrassing would it be for him to be such in such a humiliating position while claiming to be a king not knowing that they were actually claiming to who he is that he is a king his crown of thorns was exchanged with his crown of gold for us the cross was exchanged with his throne for us this is not a king that thrives on our taxes or thrives on the work from our backs or thrives on lording his authority over us this is a king that willingly died and offered himself up for us this is a king that has never been seen before but this is the king that jesus is jesus also experienced so many temptations in the cross i was listening to one audio where it says that most people think that Jesus was only tempted once, which is the temptation he received while he was in the desert. But Jesus was actually tempted more than once. And we see another clear um, depiction of Jesus' temptation on the cross where you have these people telling Jesus to come down from the cross, telling him that he should save himself he, if he's truly who he claims to be, telling him that if he comes down, they would believe. I mean, imagine the Pharisees who had not believed up until this moment with the miracles, with the prophecies, with the teachings, claiming that if Jesus came down from the cross, they would believe. And that in itself was such a huge temptation for Jesus. When you think of all of the pain that he endured for so many hours, I mean, Psalms 21, I mean, it's not a coincidence that the correlating psalms for today psalms 22 rather psalms 22 fully describes the emotion of jesus on the cross it says but i am no longer a human being i am worn despised and scorned by everyone all who see me make fun of me they stick out their tongues and shake their heads many enemies surround me like bulls they are all around me they open their mouths like lions, roaring and tearing at me. My strength is gone, gone like water spilled to the ground. All my bones are out of joint. My throat is dry as dust, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have left me for dead in the dust. 
And Jesus even acclaims on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus went to the depths of pain. He understood and felt because of us what it means and what it feels like to be separated from God, to be separated from good, to be separated from light, to be separated from love. He experienced all of that for our sake. And so one of the major things or two things that should come to our mind when we look at the crucifix, the crucifix is on our rosaries. It's right above the altar in church. The crucifix is literally the major sign of our Christian faith for two major reasons. First things first is that when we look at the crucifix, the first thing that should come to our mind is that this is what sin caused. This is what my sin caused. In an ideal world where sin did not exist, Jesus' death and crucifixion wouldn't have happened. Sin caused Jesus to be dead. The nails didn't hold Jesus on the cross. My sin did. The, the, the soldiers or the whips didn't beat Jesus. My sins did. It wasn't only the Pharisees that condemned Jesus to death. My sins did. And the second thing that should come to our mind as we look at the crucifix is that this is not just what my sin caused, but this is how loved I am. That it's supposed to be me on that cross right now. It's supposed to be me bleeding until I'm out of breath. It's supposed to be me gasping for breath. It's supposed to be me naked and humiliated. It's supposed to be me in pain and in agony. But it is Jesus. And this is how loved I am. This is how much this person loves me so much that he exchanged places for something that for, for someone that did not deserve it jesus's love is greater than our sins it's greater than our weaknesses it's the greatest thing to ever exist and for we as people who claim to be christians to all, always decline jesus's love is one of the biggest mistakes we can make and so today, Jesus invites us with his open arms on the cross to come into his love, to come into his mercy, to come into his freedom, to come into his peace. As Jesus was being crucified, as he was dying, as he carried and drew out his final breath, the temple curtain turned into two. Jesus came to grant us access to the most holy place. Jesus' death offered for us full access to the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus' death brought for us full access to God the Father. That we can pray to God the Father without fear of punishment, without fear of being killed like he used to be in the Old Testament. I think that is such an amazing grace. That is how much the Father loves us. That he, he was willing to send his only begotten son to die for us. And that is how much we are loved by Jesus. That he was willing to lay down his life for us. And while um, after Jesus' death, after his burial, you have the women going to the tomb to go and anoint the body of Jesus as it's part of their rise. And one of the questions they ask is that, 
who is going to roll away the stone for us? They knew that Jesus's tomb was covered with a stone. They knew that the guards would probably be there and would not let them or grant them access into the tomb. They knew that there were so many obstacles that they had to face while they were going to anoint Jesus's body. And they were constantly worrying about that. But the thing is that while they were worrying, while they were uncertain, while they were unsure about how they were going to roll away the stone or anoint Jesus's body, they kept moving forward. They kept going. Their worry and their uncertainties did not hold them back from taking that step to Jesus's tomb. And it was until they arrived there that they realized and they were told by the angel that Jesus had resurrected. And so in our case, in our lives, we may find ourselves in the same position, asking who will roll away this stone in my life? Who would take away this guilt? Who will handle this problem? Who would solve this dilemma? Who would take me out of this addiction and out of this pain? Who will roll away the stone of frustration? Who will roll away the stone of death? Who will roll away the stone of sickness in my life? The answer is to keep on moving forward. The answer is to keep on taking each step of faith while we have these questions in our mind, knowing that when we get there, Jesus would have rolled away that stone for us. Jesus would have taken that problem and solved that problem already. And that is what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the certainty of things not seen. And so as we move and walk on this journey with Jesus, we realize that we cannot do that without faith. And so let's ask for his faith. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen our faith as we walk with God. There are going to be so many uncertainties. There are going to be so many questions. There are going to be so many times of pain and sorrow. But let us pray that that does not keep us from moving forward. That does not keep us from taking that step. That does not keep us from walking and continuing our journey with God. And lastly, as Jesus is resurrecting, as Jesus, sorry, that doesn't sound right. Lastly, as Jesus has resurrected and he is taken up to heaven, he instructs his disciples, go and preach the gospel. Go and tell people about what you've seen and what you've heard. Go and tell people about this second chance that they have. And anyone who believes in you will be saved. But whoever doesn't believe will not be saved. And that is, that is a story that we have been given so much. We have been given Jesus himself. There is no part in history, no part since the beginning of humanity, where Jesus or where God has ever come in place or in the form of human beings as Jesus did in this time. And so we realize that the new covenant is stronger than the old covenant. This is such a time to ever be living in. This is a time that the prophets of old were praying to experience. This is a time that the elders and the leaders and the priests of old were praying to experience and we get to experience that now as christians in the new covenant and that is such a grace so we thank god for his gift we thank god for his death and we also ask that he gives us the strength to not let our story end only with the resurrection but we realize that we have been given a part and a role to play 
as people living in the resurrection to go and let everyone know of this amazing gift. So as we do that, we ask that he helps us. We ask that he guides us till the end of our lives, until the time where we meet him in heaven for the rest of eternity. In Psalms 22, he ends with the following. It says, People not yet born will be told that the Lord saved his people. I hope God saves us. I hope we are part of the people that the Lord saves. Anyways, thank you so much for listening this far. And tomorrow we would be starting a new milestone, the divided kingdom. I cannot wait to begin that with you guys. We'll be continuing from where we stopped with the death of King Solomon. This has been such a well-needed break <laughs> out of that very hard-to-read story of the Israelites. Anyways, I hope that this um, few days we've been walking through the Gospel of Mark has opened your eyes to some truth and has um, improved your understanding of some things. And like it has done to me, I have seen so many um, parts of Jesus' life in an entirely different light. I hope it has had the same effect on you. Thank you so much for joining me on this amazing journey. And I hope that you subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't, it's it's possible to subscribe to this podcast. It's possible to get notified about new episodes as quickly as they are released. It's also possible to review uh, this podcast um, depending on your experience. And I do also hope that you share this to someone else who might be in need of it. Thank you so much once again. I think this is the fifth time I was saying that. And I will see you guys in the next episode tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an amazing day.